0: Hello, world singers. My name is Tyler.
1: And my name is Brooke.
0: And this is Cosmere Conversations.
1: What's up, everybody?
0: We back, you back, everybody's back. Let's do this. We have a very interesting episode planned for you. A really today.
1: fantastic episode. <laughs> <laughs> See what I did there.
0: Yes, because this episode <laughs> comes from a fan.
1: Two fans, really.
0: Oh, all right.
1: Because the episode subject came from fan Fabienne. Thank you, Fabienne. And we also got some super interesting information on this topic from Irving.
0: Well, it's great that both of them have participated because today we are talking about the twins. Twinborns, that is. One of the most interesting things in *Missborn: Air 2 was the introduction of twinborns. People born who have a... Alimantic ability, just a single one, because there's no more misborns after Lord Spook, or Lord Mistborn Spook, and have a Furochemical ability in the same person, in the same body, combining those powers that previously we only saw in the one off of the Lord Ruler, who obviously had everything because he was born as a Furochemist and he gave himself, when he was a sliver of infinity, the Alamantic abilities of making him a misborn so he was a super duper ultra twin born in every and single respect
1: he made sure that no one else could have combined powers because they're so powerful
0: it was not only something that he tried to do but it was a key part of his philosophy about yeah reigning in the genetic spread of furukami because he knew the power he basically Understood the full power of Farukami and wanted to keep it as constrained as possible. And that introduces the breeding programs and what we see in Mistborn Era 1 through the eyes of Zay's, but also through the eyes of Twindwill? Tindwill? Tindwill?
1: Something like it's that. It's got a W in there. She's one of the most difficult names to pronounce, I think.
0: Because she was a breeder of. Feruchimus. uh, and had multiple children before being kind of retired from that role. So the entire system that the Lord Ruler put in place was really to prevent the creation of twinborns. By the time we get to Mistborn Era 2, there's obviously no more Lord Ruler, but there's also no more Mistborns or full Feruchimus. So we are left with Fairings and Mistings. Mistings. Wonderful. And when you take a Misting who also is a Fairing, you get a Twinborn. And this led to some of the coolest aspects of Mistborn Era 2. How do these powers combine? How do they work? Obviously, our main characters, Wax and Wayne, are Twinborn, and we are constantly inundated with the possibility of other Twinborns like Miles and multiple characters throughout the series.
1: It adds so much depth and complexity to this magic system. And to be honest, I find the allomantic and metallurgic magic system to be very complex and like a little bit confusing on its own. And then when you introduce the ability for twin borns, it just gets real bananas. I
0: mean, I could not understand... (laughs) what the heck the Lord Ruler was doing in order to stay alive. Like, yeah. even when it was explained in Mistborn Era 1, I had no ability it's to, really like... Complex. ...understand, because it wasn't... It didn't go into as much detail in Era yeah. 1 as they obviously go into in Era 2, um, and you didn't have, like, a full understanding, but it introduces compounding, which we're going to talk about in a moment. I just think that the idea of a twin-born is a really interesting way to up the magic coolness on Scadrial without actually introducing a new magic system. Like, it's still the yeah. same magic system, but now has another wrinkle into it. Uh, and it's It just- gives
1: you a lot of, like, flexibility, a lot of new possibilities open up, but it's still confined by a lot of rules, so it, you know, doesn't feel too... OP.
0: That is definitely true. And especially it doesn't feel too OP because of the removal of full Mistborns and full Faruchimus in Era 2. What I find so fascinating and to the point about what you were saying about the flexibility in the twinborns, just with the basic metals that we know of in Mistborn Era 2. There are now over 256 different combinations of (laughs) possible twin Now, we are not going to go over all 256 (laughs) because that would just be us sitting here reading combination after combination after combination. Even if we only
1: talked about each one for like one minute, that would be the longest podcast. (laughs)
0: Oh, by a long shot. I mean, that would be far longer than Gone with the Wind is in an entire movie.
1: (laughs) let's be honest no one would be here listening to us
0: except for like that one fan you know they would just be like totally digging it they would be like oh my gosh i never even thought about that one that one's great
1: or the people who have said they're listening to us like while they're on some epic hike or something they're like well i have nothing else better to do." yeah the travelers
0: (laughs) the the ones who are on the road trip and just like don't want to fall asleep and so they're just like okay i guess this is what i got (laughs) six more hours of just lists no we're gonna go over some of the different twin borns and what it means in terms of compounding and resonance points all of the different ways that this magic system has changed and maybe if we have enough time even get into some speculation about other possible combinations in the future yeah so brooke we're looking for a Basic understanding of the power of twinborns. So, do you want to start us off with like uh, what we know, what we don't know?
1: Well, there's actually not very much that we do know, <laughs> which is kind of weird when you think like we already have what three books about a bunch of twinborns and we still actually don't know all that much. Like, there's a super cool chart. On the Coppermine that y'all can look up, but the only twin-born name that we have that is official and canon is the name for Wax's combination, which is he's a crasher, someone who has iron and steel
0: combined. And we only know that not even because Wax knows that name. It is the name given to him by... or. Told to him by
1: Chrisala. Chris, yeah. yeah.
0: So we have this kind of interesting question about do the people on Scadril even name the twinborns? Because they're That's very a rare. Good question. They they don't happen very often. We know that from Mistborn Era 2, when someone is a fairing like Wax, they are often invited to live with and stay with the remaining genetic lineage of the original Ferrucumus. Wax obviously had that experience, um, and it's kind of like a almost elvish type thing like that's the vibe i got from it kind of like a rivendell like they kind of they wanted to be separate and have their yeah. own laws uh and they were a little bit smug and superior a little bit of like we're better than everybody else like
1: we have the old blood
0: yeah and that's exactly what it is uh the remnants of the original feruchmas like zazed and tindwell the obvious Interesting aspect, of course, is that that doesn't work out. It doesn't work out for wax, but it also doesn't work out for any twinborns because you can't be a twinborn unless you intermix sexually through with a <laughs> misting, right? Like you have to introduce both genetic sides of the yeah. equation. And it's almost like they're trying to keep the genetic line pure.
1: It is kind of interesting because they're doing to themselves what, what the Lord ruler yes. like forced upon them. Exactly.
0: It's the like, choosing.
1: Says like looking down as his, you know, harmony God self would be like, "Dudes, what are y'all doing?" Like Not what I want. We escaped this. Yeah.
0: They <gasps> kind of reverted a little bit. And so there is a interesting cultural question about, you know, why do twinborns exist? How Rare are they? We know that the Crashers waxes combination. There are only three recorded Crashers in the 300 years since the Sacrifice of Men and the recreation of Skadril by Harmony. So that one's pretty rare. We should assume, probably, that all the other combinations are equally or even more rare. Or more, yeah, Yeah,
1: because I feel like a combination like Miles
0: yes well that's super rare because it's even
1: more rare
0: let's go over kind of what the three that we know in wax wayne and miles just because they're right there on the front so wax is a coin shot which means he is allomantically gifted with steel and he is a skimmer or has the ability to burn iron as his fruquemal power and that allows him to increase or decrease and store his weight there have been slash questions, mass. yeah there have been questions about what exactly is going on with uh wax's increase of weight slash mass brandon has come out and said it does not line up with physics uh yeah. it, it is one of those things that he has clearly like this is fictional and you just have to let it go.
1: Yeah, he's like, it makes sense to a point, but at a point, it's magic.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. So don't get uh, too tied up on different aspects, even if you want to really nerd out on twinborns <laughs> and what is going on, uh, because you're not going to be able to solve that problem we
1: did get an interesting comment though from irving like i was mentioning earlier do we want to go over that real quick since we're talking about the way wax's powers interact
0: yes because this is specifically about the combination of his powers and we mentioned this in our last episode Irving reached out, and with a background in physics, he was more than happy to explain He was very
1: kind and explained it in an easily accessible way, which I appreciate.
0: Our dumb, dumb brains over here. Uh,
1: I'm like, uh, I took botany. I don't know
0: physics. And I took stats. I didn't even do botany. Uh, (laughs) So can you tell us what Irving has reported in about the ability that wax has when he is steel pushing and flying through the air he drops his weight yeah and that gives him a additional boost of speed that's the layman's way i would describe what's happening can you tell us what irving says is the physics behind it
1: well essentially he describes momentum as being equal to velocity times mass So how fast you're going and your mass. And so if you want your momentum to stay the same, you have to increase one of those things as the other one decreases. Inverse relationship.
0: And we know that at least in our world, momentum would be preserved because of Newton's law of conservation of momentum. So momentum should be conserved if the rules of Scadriel are relatively the same as our planet. And in order for momentum to be conserved or preserved uh, for some preservation, the velocity and mass have to have this inverse relationship. If you want the actual physics don't come to us because we're not physics teachers true but it is interesting to at least from a reader's perspective to know that when something is happening even if it's not being described like a physics book Brandon does have like this background where he's doing a little bit of the research and keeping consistent.
1: Yeah, which we've talked about before is one of Brandon Sanderson's strong suits is that he really does set up these well thought out, well researched rules to his magic systems.
0: Yeah, he actually has his own podcast. Of course, everybody has a podcast, but his podcast on hard versus soft magic does kind of get into this, obviously Brandon has a little bit more of a tendency to do hard magic systems, which would be more grounded in reality, where soft magic systems are more fantastical, um, Harry Potter or a Gandalf from Lord of the Rings being like prime examples, and something like Quoth from The Name of the Wind or Brandon Sanderson's characters being more of like hard magic systems. There are a lot others. He
1: also, I think it's interesting that he also takes into account the specifics of each planet that yes. he writes on. Like he knows exactly what the gravity is like on each planet and how that affects the magic system. And I I think Skadriel is like ground zero, right?
0: Skadriel is often seen as, yeah, the...
1: Because the planet itself is the most similar in like size to Earth. Yes. And so he uses Skadriel as the sort of neutral zone. Like this would be essentially the same as Earth. And then from there, things are denoted as being like plus or minus scadrial standard
0: yeah and for example we know that Rashar is a much a planet that has a much heavier gravity pull because i believe it's a larger planetary body um, and that has a whole bunch of effects not only on the individual people. No, I
1: thought it was the other way. Is it? I thought it had less gravity, less which is gravity? why the animals they can, do can so get so big. Craziness. That's yeah. right. I'm
0: sorry. I'm sorry. I reversed it in my brain because I'm not Brandon Sanderson. <laughs> that is obviously a super cool thing. And it, it comes into play in every single story. I remember that the, the comic White Sand also has some important aspects of the... Planetary system. Oh yeah, I forgot. Hashtag all spoilers. We can talk about this, but like the planet is tidally locked with its own sun, which is important because the sun is also a representative of their shard or is kind of like their shard, uh and so they have the day side and night side on Tal'Dane. All of these things super fun to dive into. Okay, we're getting sidetracked. Back to the twin born. So we have Wax. Crasher. Crasher.
1: Wayne uses Bend Alloy as an Allomancer, which is the power that enables him to have his little time bubble. And then he stores gold as a Faroukimist.
0: So, which gives him the ability to heal. And we know that Wayne's combination is incredibly powerful and would probably be more so if the dude ever used guns. But it really does fits so perfectly with his own philosophy and mentality and fighting style. Um, It's really cool in both Wax and Wayne that their personalities have either come to reflect their powers or were created because of their powers.
1: Yeah, it's like a chicken and an egg kind of scenario. Because I think Wayne actually does talk about how... Part of the reason, obviously there's a bigger reason he doesn't fight with guns, but at least part of the reason is because it's nearly impossible to fire a gun out of a time bubble. So it makes more sense for him to fight with the dueling canes, which he can do with or without the time bubble.
0: That's an excellent point because what is going on for a bend alloy misting, which are known as sliders, is that they... Are existing inside of a bubble and the bend alloy when burnt pushes on time so that time passes more quickly inside the bubble than around them now i find any fluctuations or playing with time to be a really fun thing for authors to do and i think that authors can normally do it better than even like movie representations like i've never seen as good a representation of time travel or time manipulation in a movie as it's I've seen in still, books. It's just such a slippery slope. It's a huge slippery slope, but Brandon keeps it pretty tight. Yeah, I think he does too. Pretty contained.
1: Especially because like it's just a bubble. You know, he confines it to a specific amount of space, um, which makes it a little bit easier to handle in a story, I think.
0: I agree. But it does introduce all of these questions about like faster than light travel and how can you break the speed of light because, you know, Einstein and stuff. But (laughs) there are kind of questions uh, that can be asked, but we don't need to ask all that much. It should be pointed out that bend alloy is a very rare alloy, a combination of two metals, um, and is also pretty expensive. It's one of the more limited... Metals, and it's something that Wayne is often kind of shown struggling to get a bunch of unlike wax, who can yeah. down a whole bunch of his metals being iron and steel. Wayne is limited because of the rarity, which I think is another good limit. Yeah, that's places. what I was just gonna yeah. say,
1: going back to what we were saying before, not only are they limited by, like, birth, that these powers are not, like, super common or anything like that. They're also limited by the amount that they're able to either ingest or wear as a Faroukmist. And then the availability of those metals comes into play.
0: So those are our two heroes. And then, of course, we also have the famous Miles... Hundred Lives. Yeah, he's so scary. Because, of course, he... Is going to much like the Lord Ruler be an example of a compounder, someone who has, who is a twinborn, who has the same metal in this case gold that they can burn alimantically and store investiture in furichemically. This makes Miles obviously one of the hardest characters in the Cosmere to kill. Sometimes being compared to hoid in his ability to stay alive or resist and heal from uh, otherwise fatal accidents, incidents.
1: But, you know, good note here. He is dead, so.
0: That is true. We, <laughs> we do know this to be the case. I think that one of the things that was cleared up for me when it comes to compounders happen in era two with miles when you begin to understand a little bit better what the lord ruler was doing like reading mistborn era two yeah helped me figure out what the lord ruler was doing because totally. not only was the lord ruler compounding gold m- just like miles to heal himself from crazy stuff like they said he was flayed alive he was decapitated yeah he was stabbed obviously like right through the heart by Kelsier before he just like pulled it out and sliced Kelsier. So, but also he was storing youth or his age inside of ATM furochemically. So he was resistant to aging and able to heal himself from the effects of aging so he could keep dumping in multiple different lifetimes into ATM and then draw from that to stay alive for the thousand years. I didn't really fully understand the power of compounding and the way that it was used by the Lord Ruler until we got uh, into Mistborn Air 2.
1: Compounding, though, actually has more to do with being able to burn the metal that you've stored investiture in.
0: For sure. Obviously, yeah. we know that ATM compounding would not be but ATM, furichemically, can store youth. So, yeah, I mean, w-
1: he had a bunch of things that were clearly to his advantage. I'm just, I just want to be clear that actual compounding means that you are storing something in a metal and then you are swallowing and burning that metal.
0: That specific metal. And that's yeah. what Miles is able to do. He stores his own health inside of a gold nugget, burns that elementically. And Brandon explained. With compounding, you have the power of Allomancy and Furukami. You draw power from the other place, the spiritual realm of and the shard of preservation, through the metal, and it recognizes the power that is already stored. It's like, oh, this is healing. I know how to do that. And so you get the power of Furukami, but boosted by energy from the other place, being preservation. I think compounding is one of the least explored aspects of the Skedrian universe, and one that I am most excited to possibly see in the future, some additional compounders or some compounding that happens because of technology. Totes. What
1: are some of the other possible combinations? Do we just want to speculate wildly and talk about what we think would be cool
0: i mean i guess now is the time to speculate wildly uh let's start off with now fans have come up with many names for these things but remember the only name that is actually canon is a crasher that's the only combination that we truly know and have seen in book or that brandon has mentioned everything else we say is kind of just fun
1: So we are just going to take a gander at this chart and call out random stuff. (laughs) Like I am looking at a copper keep. What's a copper keep?
0: Copper keep is a compounder who can burn and store in copper.
1: Ooh. Okay. So copper in Farukmi stores knowledge, right? And an allomancy.
0: It provides the uh, copper cloud or what's nicknamed the smoker ability. Oh, that's right. uh, Basically the ability to... um,
1: Shield yourself from other allomancy.
0: Yes. And shield yourself from the ability for people to detect your allomancy. Yeah. I think that uh, another interesting one is the...
1: What would happen if you burned the metal that you stored knowledge in? All
0: right. So the question that you just asked, I have no idea. Nobody has any idea. We're just making all of these things up. So here we go. I think that if you can create a cloud of kind of protection around you with copper and you can store knowledge inside of copper as a fruquemist, being a compounder would allow you to create a field of knowledge around you. It <laughs> was kind of like a movie, but like a hologram. Oh Basically, gosh. you were projecting your knowledge, your information, your data around you in kind of like a cool, futuristic hologram-like thing built on magic and investiture.
1: Interesting idea.
0: <laughs> Completely ridiculous. Love none it. of Yeah, none of these are real, <laughs> but they're just for you guys. So- One of the things that we did see in book three of Era 2 was a steel runner, a furukimist who could store up their speed. I thought a really interesting uh, power would be to take Wax's ability of steel pushing and combine it with a steel runner. Uh, So so you would be able to compound your steel abilities. You You'd would be so fast. You would be able to fly hella fast. Uh, because you could, you know, push off like wax does and fly through the air, but do that at incredible speeds.
1: I wonder if that's something that they're gonna use in their like magical technology to create space travel.
0: You're damn right it is. That's exactly Ooh. what I think it is. You're going to amplify the power of like their ships that we see in, in book three, uh, where you are I think, going to create kind of a rocket-like ability, um, but maybe even more powerful, and that will be their propulsion system.
1: Cool. Another one I think is cool on here would be a strong arm, someone who is both a rioter and um, a pewter arm. So you'd be super strong. Like you would be the ultimate boxer. You would just be like super strong and you would just be able to like make the people around you really like aggressive. Emotional,
0: yeah. Yeah. Pump people up. (laughs) Uh, So literally you could get everyone angry at you and then beat the crap out of them. (laughs) Yeah,
1: and just be like the worst heckler in the world. Oh
0: man, that would be real bad.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so if a twin born had the same ability as Wayne to burn... Bend alloy and make the time bubble. And then they also had the Farucumal power of Necrosil, which stores investiture. Obviously, the coolest metal that we don't know that much about. But I wonder if if you could like tap additional investiture, would you be able to like extend your time bubble either like for longer or make it bigger or something?
0: We do know that savantism like uh, Spook becomes in era one is possible with all the different metals, but would basically never happen with bend alloy because it's so rare. But we do know what would happen. and, And that is that someone who was a savant with bend alloy would be able to not only create a bigger time bubble and allow more time to exist for them, but also the bubble could move with them remember one of wayne's Mm. big limitations
1: yeah he sets it up and then it has to stay Stay there there.
0: yeah exactly so i think that maybe if you had additional investiture to pull from through Nicrosil, you could conceivably become like an instant savant in whatever your paired misting power was yeah yeah that'd be cool exactly it would be like you don't have to do all the work and you get to become a savant maybe oh
1: uh, Nick Russell is so cool because then that begs the question though like how do you store investiture in it
0: that's true like what what are you <laughs> draining from yourself yeah in order to store
1: like it almost seems like you would have to tap your spirit web
0: something like almost that. like yeah. a
1: hemalurgy kind of thing
0: Ooh, maybe that's Ooh. dark I do think bend alloy has a very interesting yet probably will never be ex- explored Farookamal power, which is to store nutrition and calories. This to me is like one of the most practical in our world. I would really love that. Yeah. Okay. So what you can do, it's known as a subsumer, is that if you were a ferrucumist who only had bend alloy, you could eat large quantities of food without becoming full and then tap the metal mine to allow you to give Yourself nutrition without eating, I think this would be amazing. However, it doesn't only work with food and not with liquid, so you would still have to oh. drink normally.
1: Uh, I mean, I would be okay with that, yeah,
0: exactly. Imagine you have your one big meal a day, or a week, or a month, you literally just eat all yeah, anything you, you want, like everyone. If we just all humans were like this now, we could just have like one big party day where we just like ate everything and you're just like shoving every single thing inside (laughs) your face and then you like wouldn't have to eat for the next month because you could just tap the nutrition. That'd be so great. This actually might be something that is like conceivably possible in the future through like genetic engineering. Um, and like oh, CRISPR weird. technology. not You could turn off some of the genes that like tell your body to store food. And so it would just become a matter of, I'm not saying this is entirely possible. I'm saying it could be possible one day. But your body could just, instead of always wanting to imagine that you're about to die or imagine <laughs> that you're about to go like on a long hike through the woods for the next two weeks without food, as our ancestors may have, it would just be like, eat whatever you want and after adult phase you don't want to do this to kids obviously but you know you could just like have a couple of your genes turned off and it would just be like all right now your body won't store fat as much or like it would normally do i really want that now
1: (laughs) another good one to point out on this chart is aluminum since we know that aluminum is one of the most if not the most cosmere significant metal yep and Multiple planets
0: have aluminum as a part of the storyline.
1: And we know that it blocks investiture and it has a bunch of cool properties. Um, just adding to those cool properties, aluminum as a ferrucumal metal stores identity, which, again, is one of those things that's like, question mark, what does this actually mean? But something that we do know is that a aluminum fairing who fills an aluminum mind with basically all of their identity and then they fill another metal mind, they are able to produce a metal mind that essentially any fruquemist can use because it won't have the stamp of their identity it's
0: not tied specifically to that farookamist
1: because that farookamist doesn't have an identity anymore
0: exactly Ugh, they, weird their identity list and so they are able to tap another person's metal mind
1: what does that make them are they like a zombie
0: no i think they're kind of like a person from Nalthis without a breath oh a drab yeah but like even more so um hmm. maybe but not like full zombie because they're still like there um, yeah and like, not
1: like what do they call them the the dead
0: yes like
1: walkers <laughs> in
0: the zombies the actual yeah. zombies. uh but i think that there is a very important thing and this is why we mentioned aluminum because we know that there has to be some type of jump in technology on skadriel to get to a point when their powers are not tied to individuals where it becomes right. more of a universal system of just regular technology. The yeah. Way, you so know, this
1: is obviously going to become like common practice. I
0: think so. I think that this aspect of like draining the spiritual identity that is attached to a specific metal mine or specific abilities has to become a bigger part of the cosmos. That's
1: like a little bit weird though, because think about it, then... We get into this like conversation about people kind of becoming machines like even more so because imagine being one of those fairings you go to work you store everything that makes you you like in a little metal mind you put it in your locker you go to work make a bunch of stuff that like as a zombie and then like put yourself back on essentially and like go home for the day
0: creepy weird yeah that's super weird i don't like that at all (laughs) i am very interested to see how that plays out because i obviously we know aluminum is important but it has something like that has to happen some disconnect between the spiritual stamp has to exist we just don't know the form in which it's going to take yet all right here's a little compounder slash twin born that i'm interested in and that is cadmium, which is, as we know, Marasi's main misting power, uh, which creates the time bubble, but does the reverse of Wayne. So she slows down and everyone else is going to normal speed,
1: which <laughs> is a weird power.
0: Yeah. And she basically, you know, hates herself and nobody likes her. Yeah.
1: She's just like, my power is so dumb. I'm useless
0: until she figures out how cool it is. Because she can distribute her power into the little cube device and then throw it, make it a mobile power, and that slows down other people who are caught near the cube. But
1: before they even have that, she essentially enables them to be able to kill Miles. That's so, 100% you know, true. Oh, she's hugely, Marassi, hello. That, I mean,
0: she is very important. No one's like dissing on well, Marassi. I'm just saying. However, the power next to the other ones does seem really it's lame. It's true, it's true. However, the furukami power of cadmium is to store breath. They're nicknamed gaspers because they can hyperventilate to over-oxygenate their blood and then store that breath inside of the cadmium and then not need to breathe. So you could uh, see this as like being awesome for diving or whatnot, but the mention of breath to me stood yeah. out in a big way since we were just talking about Nalthus. Would it be possible to store breaths inside of cadmium if you were a Ferukamis? Could you?
1: I wish, but I don't think it would actually work that way. Because now I we're think... talking
0: about twinborns from different planets and well, different uh... magic systems. Like if you were a Nalthian who could absorb breaths and you were a twinborn Ferukami, no. yeah, a Therine, who's a gasper could you <laughs> I know but listen take the breaths and store them magically inside the cadmium
1: okay you're really excited about this but no is the answer <laughs> <laughs> because they're not literal physical breaths I on nolfes yeah, it's investiture so we would be back at Necrosil.
0: that is probably likely however people on the internet to reach out to us cosmere Convo's, twitter facebook reddit Tell me that I'm right and Brooke is wrong, even though I know that's never the case. Ooh,
1: a cadmium twin-born would be called a chrysalis.
0: Oh, you mean a a cadmium compounder would be a a chrysalis? What would that even do? So, someone who can create the little speed bubble around them and you would just be able to hold your breath for a very long time. time. No, you would you would be able to hold your breath for a very long time inside of a bubble that was moving you slower. So you actually would hold your breath for a normal amount of time. That would be (laughs) the worst compounder ever.
1: Let's move on to other ways that metallurgic powers could potentially interact with other planetary magic
0: systems tell me more like what would happen if (laughs) someone from Rashar showed up to fight someone from skadro
1: we do have a word of brandon that a fully filled metal mind could block a shard blade
0: now why i is it investiture yeah anti-investiture yeah it's just like Is it a shard blade and a sprint blade? I would assume because they're normally treated as the same.
1: Yeah, I mean, I would guess because if you think about it, like shard blades can be stopped by shard plate, which is just plate that's infused with investiture. Good point. So essentially, it just takes investiture to stop investiture.
0: Okay. So if you were like Zazed, who had multiple full metal mines all over his body in in that super awesome fight in the era one um he could conceivably also block multiple shard blades
1: yeah so you could have like your big you know bracers on your arms and then you could also use those as
0: little yeah little shield blocker yeah Yeah. awesome so not zay's is now even cooler and a better (laughs) fighter than we but the first time he tapped one would it become less effective at blocking or oh. completely ineffective, you know? I,
1: I think because the quote says fully filled, I think it does have to be like completely filled. You wouldn't be able to tap it.
0: Okay, okay. Well, that's very interesting. Speaking of bringing on crazy swords, tell me about some nightblood. What happens if nightblood is on Skadriel?
1: Well, the way that investiture works on Skadriel, a... Alamancer or a Frukamist would have to be actively using their power in order to generate that investiture that nightblood feeds on. Otherwise, you're just going to die really fast.
0: Oh, he would just like instantly drain you if you had no access to investiture. So you would have to just be...
1: Yeah, the only reason um, anyone can wield him is because like on Nalthus, they all have a breath. So at the very least, they have that for nightblood to take. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And then on Roshar, obviously, they have Stormlight. Storm yeah. yeah.
0: I think that it would be interesting to see, because Nightblood has been to more than two planets. Probably. I, I believe this is a word of Brandon that we know, obviously, Nalthus and Roshar because we've seen him there. But I believe that he has been to more than two planets. I wonder if he's actually ever been to Skadriel in some of his journeys with either Vasher slash Vivenna and... I would be very interested in the timeline, like when is Nightblood introduced, possibly, on Scadriel. There has to be some type of crossover point, in my opinion, just like there was with the creation of Nightblood in the first place, where someone, maybe the Five Scholars, got exposed to a Shardblade and then tried to copy that with Nightblood. I wonder if something similar happens on Skadrial, Like you get introduced to this super powerful device, Nightblood, and then you want to have it yourself. And so then they start experimenting with more and more of these twin born powers and these combinations of powers looking to create a Nightblood. Maybe that jumpstarts I don't think their that technology. Would be possible. I'm not saying that it's going to happen. Although
1: but I it, guess I'm
0: saying it's a, a way to imagine why they jump again in their technological progress like how do they get to the future of having spaceships they have to have some type of jump in technology and maybe it's inspired by like a meeting with a nightblood or a meeting with other characters
1: i think there actually is a word of brandon about this and now i'm not remembering exactly what it is but i think since aluminum stores identity yeah that's Mm -hmm. what we just said If you, like, stored enough identity in, like, an aluminum sword, maybe it would become, like, a nightblood type thing?
0: Oh, you're you're saying, would it be, it would be, like, yourself in a sword?
1: Yeah, I guess. In sword form?
0: <laughs> but then, then I, then I don't, could be but it around.
1: wouldn't really be alive, I guess. It would just have you inside of it.
0: <laughs> but then, like, could you think and process and interact in the same way is nightblood a stored person no
1: nightblood is just a lot of breaths it's just awakened metal
0: okay but a person's breath is kind of tied to their spiritual web identity right
1: yeah but then like nightblood is a combination of all of those things and he's not a one specific like personality he has become his own personality kind of
0: that no definitely true i that's curious.
1: Maybe, yeah. What if you had a bunch of a bunch of aluminum fairings? Pour all of the their identities?
0: identities. They, yeah, they force. Oh, create weird! A I new, don't like that at all. <laughs> take away your identity.
1: What about and then you would have to like kill them? If you killed them, would their identities stay inside of the sword?
0: If you kill their bodies, yeah, I would assume so. Ugh that they become oh man there i think oh, there's another book this is series like, like a that. great
1: plot of some weird aluminum horror story yeah on basically schedule yeah
0: what about hemalurgy? because obviously we know hemalurgy, super powerful super good hack on the different investiture systems what happens if an allomancer burns a hemallergic spike
1: this one I thought was super interesting. If an allomancer tries to burn a hemolargic spike, then the allomancer's spiritual DNA becomes spliced to the spiritual DNA of the person who was, like, spiked by that spike.
0: Well said. The consequences of this are not yet known because we haven't seen anything like it however
1: like what the heck
0: spiritual frankenstein human (laughs) i mean we already kind of have like frankenstein humans with just hemallergy already it is kind of like a very frankenstein-like situation when you have you know humans being like pounded through to create another more powerful human I find the idea of the Alamancer's spiritual DNA being split very interesting for similar reasons that we were just talking about with identity. It's like the Allomancer's in two places at once. Their spiritual DNA is now part of the person who was spiked.
1: Yeah, do they have like some tele... Not telekinetic.
0: Yeah, telekinetic. Telepathic.
1: There you go, telepathic. Like a telepathic ability between them those two people
0: i mean ooh, that's very interesting right okay, so because
1: like, like on some level like you are the same person or maybe you would just have a weird like you would have deja vu about things happening in that other person's life and be like i feel like i'm in danger but it's the other person that's in danger
0: well as we know deja vu is just them changing something about the matrix <laughs> obviously hemology is the other route that things can go down on schedule.
1: Brandon, uh, actually, I can't, this is funny. I can't remember if it was Brandon Sanderson or if it was Chris. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Same person. A really. character
1: yeah. um, who said this, but one of them, either the fictional character or the real life author, said that hebelurgy is the most cosmere significant magic system.
0: I think that we... Ha- definitely have seen the potential for hemorrhaging. We know that much like the technology we're starting to see in Era 2 of Mistborn, it allows people to take or steal powers that they would not otherwise have and use those powers. But hemorrhaging is so much more destructive of ruin, obviously. But we have a process that is amplifying powers, or is capable of amplifying powers that I think could create a lot of this new technology that we're talking about as a possibility on Scadrial. In the same way we were saying earlier about how the ship's propulsion in the future could be some type of compounding, there also could be some aspects of hemallergy.
1: One of the interesting things about hemology is that there is sort of an extra layer that comes into play that, I don't know, I guess you could consider it either a benefit or a negative because you have to spike the person that you want to receive those powers in the correct place as well. Like, you can't just go spiking people, but it kind of takes this, like, acupuncture or Chinese medicine type approach of... There being specific bind points on the body um, between 200 and 300 different bind points on the human body. And then depending on like the metal that you're spiking with and the place, the bind point that you're putting it, it changes the effect that you get from that hemoallergic spike.
0: For example, if you go straight through the heart with a bronze or pewter spike, you can give the hemallergic effect of alimantic copper or ferrucumal steel. Why? I don't know.
1: Yeah. But the other interesting thing about that is that Brandon has mentioned these bind points in other magic systems as well, like the ones on Rashar.
0: Oh, I didn't know that. So
1: yeah, like I think even the shard plate, depending on like oh, yes, where you put the to, gemstones yeah. on the plate, it like does something different. Um, it
0: can have an enhancing or dehancing effect on like how strong that plate is. Yeah. Could you, oh man, could you make like space boots where you just put all this <laughs> stuff on the bottom and then you like flew like a probably now most famously because of the. Because of the Inquisitors, we know that spikes are often driven straight into someone's eyes. But importantly, we also see that with a single spike through the eyes of Kelsier in Mistborn Era 2. So what is the significance of the eye socket?
1: If they are spiked with steel, then it's speculated that the person would get alimantic steel and alamantic iron.
0: Now we know that our good friend Kelsier was considered the best steel and iron pusher. Remember, it was like Vin learning from all the different people and then she finally realized what Kelsier's thing he was good at, even though he was a Mistborn, his specialty was steel and iron. He was like near, you know, savant level, or not savant because that's a very specific thing, but he was a very good steel and iron pusher. I think it would be 100% on brand if Kelsier in Era 2 spiked by a steel spike through his eye is once again a steel and iron pusher. Totally. All right. Well, we know there was a bunch of speculation this episode. We know there was a bunch of just playing around with fun ideas that people have come up with or combinations that we haven't actually seen. But Twinborn's Compounders, Hemology and the new technology that's being created on Skadrial are all big, important questions in the Cosmere. We know that right now there's a strong genetic and spiritual web link to these powers, but the big question is what happens when we separate the genetic and spiritual web link? What happens when we can give these powers to everyone? What happens when you can just start using these powers as a normal person on Scadrial. Creepy
1: is what we have decided. <laughs> or
0: societal advancement. Like there's the possibility.
1: It's true. That
0: this is their industrial revolution, even though they have already had their industrial revolution. Kind and of.
1: then they descend into dystopia. <laughs> That's totally
0: possible because there is speculation that the Mistborn Era 3 is going to be in, like, the 1980s. Yeah, I think that's supposed And I could totally to be... see, like, a 1984 type of vibe going oh. on. Like, dark. Like, okay. Harmony messed up a little bit. Oh, no. And it goes bad for a while because of all of this, we'll call it uh, universality of misting and faring powers. Um, and this technology could go in a bad route yeah. by basically allowing evil people, or even just, like, normal regular Joes to have all this power and then Mistborn Era 4 brings it back and shows that after another time jump they have figured it out and are now a spacefaring race.
1: Or they're fleeing from their dystopian planet oh, into space. <gasps> just like oh the Rasharians.
0: I just had a moment. What if they are the Rasharians?
1: Ooh weird.
0: What if Scadriel is it's the planet Ashen. <laughs> No, it's not. It can't be. It's not. It, it definitely cannot be. Someone tell me, like get angry on the internet, as I know some people do, and yell at me why Skadriel cannot be Ashen.
1: Because there are different planets that are literally on a star map.
0: Oh, well, on a star map. Yeah. But I'm saying intellectually, why can okay. Skadriel not be the beginning of the Rosharian story? the thing that they escape from, the technology that... No, it's not going to work out. (laughs) I talked myself out of it right here. I don't need you to get angry at the internet.
1: (laughs) Well, that was just a great example of the rampant speculation encompassed in this episode. (laughs) Thank you, everyone, for listening. We appreciate uh, having you out there, and especially when you reach out and talk to us on Facebook, Reddit, Twitter, email keep it up until next time life before death
0: strength before weakness
1: journey before destination